Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits Podcast. I am very excited to be sitting down today with my good friends, uh, Adam and Jess Forte, uh, who are phenomenal people if you haven't met them. Uh, Adam and Jess uh, own a gym out in New York State, uh, Intensity Athletics. They also own Forte Spirit Solutions, and they also happen to be Academy clients of NextGen. So they uh, can talk about the gamut of things. And as much as I just told you who they are, I think they would do a better job explaining who they are and what they do. So I'm gonna let them uh, take a second, kind of introduce themselves and just say, you know, who they are, what their background and cheer is and, and what they're up to these days, which is a lot. No doubt. Uh, well, Dan, thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate being here, appreciate being part of the podcast. Um, and uh, we, we really appreciate all you, what you guys do. Uh, and to be able to, to uh, be on this platform and, and be a part of it, we're really appreciative. So um, again, I am Adam Forte and I am the co-owner of Forte Spirit Solutions and Intensity Athletics. Uh, with my wife. I'm Jess Forte. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, like Dan said, uh, have kind of just dabbled in everything. Um, and that's where the concept of our, our Forte Spear Solutions came from during the pandemic. It was uh, where we were gym owners and, you know, sitting out of our gyms, not being able to do everything. And we've always kind of done little pieces of everything and, and just put it together and uh, made it work through the industry that we love. And we have a lot of passion for it, a lot of passion for these kids uh, and what we give long-term to these athletes and to overall society uh, in what we do. So uh, something that we really uh, love and uh, Intensity Athletics, our program, we've been around for 16 years. And uh, in 2019, uh, we became Academy members and it's been amazing. Uh, going back, just talking about the pandemic again, uh, NextGen was there for us the whole time and just was kind of that source of like, oh, this is what I'm dealing with, this is what's going on, and how you guys feeling? Oh, we all feel the same, awesome, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sense of community. Um, and I I also like, am so grateful for NextGen because um, we were able to, really systemized the the first business. And then during the pandemic, we had a little bit more time to do that. And finally go into um, creating the second business, the consulting business, where we where, where we feel like we can even give, give on a bigger platform um, to more people in the industry. So um, we're doing music, we're doing choreography, we're doing clinics, and mm-hmm. uh, now we're getting into staff training a lot, uh, which is super fun. And, and Adam has a huge passion for uh, spreading knowledge throughout the industry. Yeah, by far my favorite. Yeah, that's definitely going to be something I want to talk about. Um, so what was your guys's path to becoming business owners? Was it something you knew you always wanted to do or, or what brought you to being entrepreneurs? You want to start with me? Um, you go first. You go first. <laughs> You're, you, you mean, uh, I wouldn't be here without you taking your step first. So. Okay. So uh, basically, my uh, mine happened by chance. I never said I want to be a business owner. But 
now looking back, I don't think I'd be happy in any other job except for being self-employed. So I am so glad that the cards have like kind of fell where they did. But uh, basically when I was in high school, I was uh, ripped out of Texas, which is like the heartland of cheerleading. And, <laughs> and, and we moved to Albany, New York. So where there was minimal cheerleading uh, to say the least. And so basically uh, I, I really just wanted to grow the area and teach the area what cheerleading is all about and get them up to speed. I, I would say we're still behind um, slightly in Albany, but I feel like we've, we've carved a path and we've spent 15 years uh, really like revving up interest in the sport uh, and, and gaining respect too. I don't think it was respected very much in our area. Um, so that was kind of my passion for starting the gym as well as creating a safe space for kids uh, to, to really feel like they can be themselves uh, as the gyms that I was at growing up. That was, that was what that did for me. So I wanted to create that for other kids. Um, so that's kind of how we started and um, the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I still have uh, in a box at home, uh, a notebook from high school and written out is uh, dynasty all-stars. We were red and black. And uh, we, all the boys that I cheered, that nine boys on my high school cheer team, they all coached for me. Uh, and I had this whole plan of how I wanted to uh, become this gym owner. And it was something I've always wanted to do. And it kind of, uh, after high school, just fell in my lap in my second year of college. Um, I actually stopped going to school for a little bit. And uh, while working full time, I started up at an uh, all-star gym, and then the gym I went was Jess's gym. And and then there... he basically tried to figure out how he could marry me so he could own the gym. <laughs> okay, yeah, so he's part of the plan, yeah. <laughs> he's a gold digger of sorts. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that's awesome. So you actually you sought her out because she had the gym. Is that? Yeah, we actually cheered together in college. Okay. And um, we were like, we were the best of friends at, when we cheered together at college. And um, I, even in high school, had a, a, a huge respect for her as an athlete. And then when we cheered together, we, we just vibe personally. And obviously, uh, what eventually would lead to why we're best friends in, in marriage as well um, was just because we were so alike. And uh, when I, when I was, I when I stopped cheering and I was working full time, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to get back into it. It's been too long. It was like four months. Um, and uh, I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, would it be okay if I came and started tumbling at your gym? I just wanted to tumble. And she's like, no, actually we have a spot on the team. And this is back when, uh, the all-star age was May 31st. I turned, I was 18. I turned 19. On, on, June 3rd. on June 3rd. So I just made the cutoff for one senior year. I did uh, that year. I did a, a senior four, a senior two, a, a senior five, all in one year. All the things. All the things. I got my, all my, I never did all-star before. And that was my first year. And I kind of got it all in. <laughs> and, and then so, eventually started working for us. And, and so you were the owner at the time? Yes. So did you coach oh, yeah. him? Yes. Wow. <laughs> the plot thickens. Well, <laughs> you were in love Fun with your fact. coach. <laughs> Fun fact is um, we actually didn't announce that we were dating um, for three years. We went through and said that we were just best friends. 
Uh, very, very close people to us knew, but the majority of the program didn't. So when she, when we, when she got engaged, when we announced our engagement, yeah. about seventy-five percent of the people that were in our circle were so very surprised because they had no idea that we were even dating. Yeah, it was incredible. It was, it was cool. <laughs> and you guys aren't that far apart in age, though. Like, no, no, only nine months. Yeah, so not at all. So you owned your gym at eighteen. Eighteen. Oh wow. <laughs> So what was that? What was that journey like as eighteen, an eighteen-year-old business owner of a? Oh small my God! I made so gym. many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! If if only I I had started with next gen, that would have been helpful. We didn't exist back then. I think I think the biggest mistake I made uh, was just trying to do everything perfectly and expecting that there was such a thing and that. Um, I had to put on this facade that I that I knew what I was doing when I had no clue what I was doing. And uh, that created a lot of stress for me. And then obviously, um, obviously was was tough with my relationships with customers and, and employees and all these things when I could have just been very vulnerable and um, honest whenever I made mistakes or this, that, or the other. And I think that that's the thing I regret the most when I first started is I could have just been like, okay, I have no clue what I'm doing. Somebody help me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Definitely a learning process with that. I remember her, like her and her mother, um, cause her mother helped uh, start the business with her, uh, when they started. And, and my dad helped fund it, fund it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, fortunately he had a business background, which was so helpful to us. It really kept us, uh, he's in corporate with, um, uh, as a buyer with grocery and, uh, it was, very helpful for him to bring that mindset to us of, hey, listen, guys, this isn't just cheerleading. You're not going to get up every day and just teach stunting. You're going to have to learn how to uh, make this a business so you can keep your doors open. And you need to have that mindset instead of just thinking about competitions and the fun part of it, uh, which kept us really focused. Well, and in 2008, when like the the economy was like shot, yeah. uh, we, we almost closed. Like we were, my dad said we were like with the, with the funds and everything, we were like two months from closing. Um, but then we got an influx of kids. Um, so about like 20, 25 kids um, ended up joining that were all like kind of came as a group uh, and that saved us. Yeah. I wanna take a minute and tell you a little bit about the Next Gen Academy. The Next Gen Academy is built to help you take your business to new heights. With an emphasis on small to medium-sized gyms, we have the tools, systems, experience, and processes to help you systemize your business, build your freedom, and connect you to your profits. The NextGen Academy has helped over 200 business owners since its creation in 2018. If you are ready to invest in making your business life the best and most profitable it can be, then head over to nextgenowners.com to get started. So at what stage in owning your gym did you start hitting those, hitting those good profit margins? Like, was it two years, one year, two years? I mean, where were you at when you were like, oh, oh, this is worth it. I'm paying this <laughs> myself. I would say probably in 2014, right? Yeah. Um, so because my mom ended up stepping away from the business in 2014 and I took over completely. Uh, and that was scary for me because I had to make sure that I didn't fail. Um, and I was like, 
super, super, uh, very, very strict about budget and um, the numbers and I increased prices and I really like went in and made sure that everything made sense. Uh, and we made a bunch of money that year. Yeah. And then it kind of like went forward from there. Um, and we've been pretty profitable ever since. Yeah. And in 2014, were you uh, diversified within the gym or were you focused in certain areas? Uh, so our main revenue streams are All-Star, uh, which is odd in comparison to a lot of gyms. Uh, our main profit is All-Star. Secondary is private lessons. And then third is all the other stuff. So like uniforms, pro shop, um, classes, all that kind of stuff. Um, kind of comes in comes in third, but the main is definitely all star, and the secondary is is private lessons. So what I just heard you say was that you have a profitable all star program. Yeah. Yes. Which yeah. sometimes in this industry is a little bit. I mean, that's like the golden goose almost. I mean, people don't right. do it as often. Well, and also because like people enjoy doing all star, right? Like. Right. The all-star directors like managing it. The coaches like teaching it. That's what they want to do. So to hear that you can also be profitable at what you love to do, uh, hopefully that is encouraging to people. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of tip the, t the hat to her, to her father because with him teaching us how to budget and with him teaching us how to uh, really stay on that path of making profit, all those years prior and her mother uh, being very strict and always carrying out a professionalism within what we did. We never went down the rabbit hole of needing a scholarship and athlete and never needing to do things for that. Everybody should cheer for free. And if we have boys, they should cheer for free. We never went down that rabbit hole because uh, we just felt that, you know, this is a, a business and everybody should be treated equal. If you're going to Dunkin Donuts, just because, you're a boy, you're not going to get anything cheaper for getting a cup of coffee, you know? So we really stayed to that business model. And I think that really helped us uh, just stay true to what we were and, and who we are and allowed us to take that path to profitability. And I make those tough phone calls of like, Hey, your kid can't practice today because you owe $500. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yep. So uh, that's, you, you brought something up interesting there. And I think it's a, it's something worth unpacking a little bit, which is, for people don't know you as well as I know you, but you guys are both very like giving and caring humans. So how do you, yeah. <laughs> how do you balance that with the making the profit side? Because I'm sure you've had those kids who come in your door who their parents aren't great and they can't afford it. And they're that kid who is just like, I just want to cheer. I'll do every, anything I can. I'll get, soda cans out of the garbage can if I have to. How do you, since you don't scholarship, which I'm not, not so anyone thinks I'm priming the pumps here, I don't do it either. So I'm, I'm, on, I'm on that same page. But how do you guys balance that? And then when you encounter those situations, you know, what do you do? Oh, Lord, that's a, that's, those are by far some of the hardest things to deal with in what we do. Um, because like, we just, we want people to grow. We want to see people. To, we want to see people take that step in their lives that can all push them onto a path that's just going to make them do the best they can for the rest of their life. But 
sometimes we, one, we're not, we're not a charity. Unfortunately, we can't be a charity or we would have our doors open. And we can't just, part of what we teach is how to succeed in this world. And just by giving people just to give, I don't believe is the best lesson to teach these athletes um, on top of us being a success, successful business. So yes, is there times where a, a mom might struggle and just needs to have a conversation and work out a payment plan? Absolutely. Does that mean that she is going to just get swept under the rug and you don't have to pay this? No way. You know, communication is something we're teaching to athletes and parents, um, being able to work things out, being able to work in the gym, being able to, uh, go out and succeed just like the world's going to do the same thing to you is what we want to teach. So yeah, you have to go, you have to work sometimes guys. Like if you want to do this, you have to work. Uh, I've had a, I had a conversation with an athlete recently. Oh, I just never have a, someone to drive me to the gym. I go, well, there's 200 some odd other kids here that I'm sure would be more than willing to carpool with you to make sure you can get in a little extra. You know, you just have to work it up and you have to pick up the phone and you have to make it work. You can't just expect somebody to give it to you. Yep. So one of our core values is discipline. And I feel like we, we use that in everything that we do. So, um, when, if a parent were to come to me and say, well, I just don't have the money for this or this, that, or the other, um, there's solutions, right? right? Um, there's a booster club. There is, you could come in and clean my gym for me and I'll put money on your account. Um, there is, um, a New York state scholarship that you can apply for in the beginning of the year, which we usually get about eight or nine of kids from our program that get it. Um, there's uh, tons of options for them to be able to afford. There's prep teams that we offer. So there's tons of different opportunities. Um, and usually when we get to that point, it's a phone call because Mm -hmm. I want them to hear that. Like I care about their child and I want their child in our program. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with what's fair and, uh, that you can't pay a lesser price for the same product that everybody else is getting. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, I love all that. And, uh, I think it's just important for people to hear that you don't need to scholarship people to have a successful program. You, mm-hmm. you shouldn't just make your product free and, uh, to also hear that like there are ways around it, right? Like there are literally organizations that exist for charity. So yep utilize those resources we're not charities that's not what we're we're here for i mean and whether it's coming out of your pocket or the other way i like to tell gym owners is they're taking that out of your other athletes pocket right you either have to jack up their prices to offset or now you can't buy that piece of equipment or get that cool gift before uh, a big nationals or something like that because you don't have the budget and that seems small but it stacks up and so I, I, I love that. I love that you guys do that and, and brought it up. Um, all right. So let's talk Forte Spirit Solutions because it's kind of your, your newest, like you said, you've been dabbling in all these different things, but you finally like went, okay, we're going to make a package. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to put this into something. Um, and I'm not sure how you guys came up with the name, uh, but yeah, you can... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was tough. It was, it was tough. Yeah. We battled on that one. <laughs> if I ever start a clothing line, it'll have something to do with cotton. Uh, <laughs> I mean, full strategy, cotton. Exactly. I have a shirt that says that. Uh, 
<laughs> so anyways, let's, what are, what is everything you guys are doing with Forte Spirit Solutions? And, and actually, before we go there, you guys own a cheerleading gym and mm-hmm. cheerleading gyms take a lot of time, a lot of energy, especially as an owner. What let you know that you were at that point to take something like this on? That's a good question. What about? I, I honestly uh, just, I know one of the biggest things was just being able to step away from coaching so much. Um, that was the first step uh, for sure. Uh, Jess really enjoys the choreography piece of it. So she's still obviously very, very heavy within that and uh, still working with all the teams on that. But when she was able to step away and really just focus on the business and the books and she generally enjoys talking to parents and being able to take that role on and just having that communication. She's like, okay, well, you know, things are being able to be ran. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that said we can do this was the fact that um, the, that next gen helped us systemize, create, uh, create uh, become better business owners, even better business owners to the point of where we could delegate uh, and systemize. And we could feel like, we can step away and everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I think that one of the integral parts is uh, creating a management team. We never had a management team before. Mm -hmm. So it was just Adam and I. So then if Adam and I weren't there, then nothing would get done, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, There would be nobody to orchestrate anything because there was no roles. So um, the creation of the management team, which we call the Brainy Bunch, which is kind of funny. And the reason (laughs) why we call it that is because Uh, We started it during the pandemic and everybody was in their little cell on Zoom. So it looked like the Brady Bunch, (laughs) but we're the management team. We're coming up with all the ideas. So we're the Brady Bunch. Anyway, it stuck. So uh, anyway, so that is definitely that has been super integral. I mean, two weeks ago, I wasn't even on the meeting. And Adam said it was the most one of the most productive meetings that they've ever had. So I said, "Oh, maybe I don't need to be on the meetings." Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> it, it's honestly our staff. We we are so blessed with our, our staff growing in the ways, and I think them having uh, the opportunity has been something they appreciate as well. Like, oh, we can do this. They're 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 allowing us to have this. Yeah, absolutely. But we also do a lot of training with them, and we also really communicate as much as we possibly can with them on exactly what we're looking for, exactly what we want. And the other thing that I think allowed us to gain confidence is the fact that sometimes you just have to press play. You have to take action and your staff is going to make mistakes. And if they don't make those mistakes, you're not going to be able to step away. So you just have to kind of force yourself in that direction. So we just force ourselves and said, Hey, listen, we're starting this. This is what's going on. We're going to go do it. And we're going to give back to the industry like the industry has given us. And uh, you guys are going to make it work, but here's how you're going to make it work. So it's kind of really how it all uh, came to fruition. So I know we're starting to transition to opening that second business, but uh, one thing a lot of people struggle with is, I mean, how do you build a management team? How do you even get good staff? So what was your guys' strategy for selecting those people who are on your brainy bunch and Mm – and, and figuring out the right people to elevate within your company. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of good staff um, and sometimes they don't always do the right things, but their hearts are in the right places. So I'm a firm believer in that if they have loyalty and uh, love for the brand, 
that love for the athletes. and love for the athletes yeah. and 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 respect for us right. that ultimately we're going to be able to get them there. So uh, we started out with the with the Brady Bunch. We started out with the person that is our front desk admin, um, our pro shop director, uh, and our brand director. Uh, the brand director is in charge of social media as well and events. Uh, so it was pretty an easy choice. Everybody that was more administrative and in charge of things. Oh, and the dance director. Yep. Yep. Uh, and within, within all of them, uh, we saw them demonstrate the, the pieces that Jess was talking about, but also the core values. And we, we noticed with them that they were people that went above and beyond to try to hold consistency with making sure the program stayed in that direction. So we knew that we could have a conversation with them. And if we started veering off, any one of us on that, in that group started veering off of what we believe in and what our core values are, one of those members would say, hey, by the way, we need to pull back. Um, in that meeting Jess was talking about, we had, a, we had a whole policies that we were going over all these policies. And Jess had a policy she written up and actually the, the group helped change it and make it better. They were like, Alex, I don't know if this is gonna work, Jess. You know, why don't we go in this direction? And we're all like, yeah, that'll actually work. That's a better decision. So let's go with it. You know, I so. still like my idea better, but I'm okay with that. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> they decided the that they decided that in the meeting you weren't on, right? <laughs> exactly. I have to agree with it. Um, I another thing I see people do a lot when they're looking at a management team, and I'll be honest, I made this mistake myself uh, with the very first front desk kind of manager we hired, which was we assumed that because they, they were a nice person and you know they, we liked them, that they were going to be able to create in a manner that we as a business owner can create and, and right. really like think those steps through. And so I see a lot of people fail in going, all right, you are now the, uh, you know, the brand, brand manager. Uh, yeah. And that, that's what they tell them. You're the brand manager, go. You have social media. And I imagine that you guys have done that a little bit differently to find the success that you're having right now. I don't know. I think that we've made similar mistakes, but um, I think that recently we've been we've been much more cognizant of how uh, where people are at on the ladder of delegation. And uh, I know that it was either Danielle or Rihanna that put up a uh, post about the different levels of delegation, and that's been helping me a lot. Is is being able to not get frustrated with somebody when they mess something up or have questions that I feel like should they should already know. Um, and just that being an indication that they're not at the delegation level I need them to be at yet. And then me brainstorming, how do I get them there? So I'm actually kind of in that process right now um, because I feel like a bunch of them are at like a four or five and I want to get them to like an eight. Yep, right. Yep. Lots of communication with them um, and, and having to really spell it out because if we if you don't, they're not going to do it in the way that your program wants to go in that direction. And if these are people that we're hiring that already know that we, they love children, they have an amazing personality, amazing attitude, and they agree and they're they're dedicated to the core values, the nitty-gritty details are easy. You know, yeah, they're gonna make a mistake, they're gonna plug in the wrong number here or there. Uh, for a, for when somebody's making a charge at the front, and we're gonna have to be like, hey, listen, that was a, a mistake, and show them their mistake. Right. But I think my biggest advice for handling any anything like that would be uh, to communicate quickly, 
Um, so like right after an incident happens, um, handling it. Um, and not only that, but also making sure that the communication is uh, done either in person, on the phone, or in a voice note where they're hearing tone. There's way, way too many issues that come from text message and email. Yep. And I've almost eliminated text message and email from like all of my staff communication at this point. Hmm. Uh, we use voice notes every single day. Yep. Yep. I like that. That's actually really, really smart. Um, and I might steal that from you because <laughs> go for it. <laughs> believe it or not, I can sometimes be very direct and people interpret that as like me being mad and I'm just being direct. I had that conversation yesterday. I, I, was... <laughs> I feel that 100%. You know, it's very easy for us as being being at the top of the in our in our organizations. The hierarchy. Yeah, the hierarchy for it to come off that way right away, you know, so instead having that little bit of tone like hey you're doing a great job at this but this just this piece of it just has to be better you know and this is why a b and c and they can hear that tone of my voice instead of reading it and like saying instead this needs to be better this is where you went wrong like that's how they're reading it if right. they're reading it that. i even think that a voice note is better than uh waiting three days to do a meeting because if you can have a meeting that day that's obviously the best because you're in person right but if you're going to schedule a meeting because you're not able to meet with them for like three more days it's way better just to handle it um so that's kind of what i've what i've been going by just handling things when they happen and, and then it's over yep. when you think about the level of stress that the employee has knowing that i messed something up and now we're having a meeting and it, but it's in three days and now they're stewing on it and then you're yep. stewing on it and the next thing you know, they and they're creating in. a narrative in their head. Yeah. And then you've got a list of things to go over with them. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm messing all these things up. And and uh, yeah, I've seen that go south myself. So um, <laughs> so we've taught you. We're talking about staff training and you guys just announced. Granted, we knew about it a little bit early. You guys told <laughs> us about it and we've been keeping our mouths shut. You just announced a new staff training program, a done for you staff training program. Uh, and I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be really, really cool, but I don't know that much about it. So what's it all about? What, what is it? <laughs> um, I, I can start and then we can roll back and forth. Um, it is a skill school and at, it really just developed from, hey, we need to get our, we need to educate our staff more. And anything that I've ever done in the pro, in, in our program, I've realized that has been super helpful to um, so many other gym owners around the country. So we, we usually do our our staff training like a very big bulk of it in the summer, which is great. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it kicks off the season and everybody's on the same page and all of that. And then we do we also do it quarterly. So quarterly, we'll bring them all in and we'll do a little bit extra staff training. We'll do a spotting clinic. They're going to be able to test up for for um, if they want to test up for spotting and training. Uh, they have to take a written and a practical um, for testing up and they can do all that. But they were still telling us that they wanted to know more. They wanted to they wanted to be more versed in drills. They, they wanted to be able to know what to say um, to an athlete when an athlete's having a problem with something. And they still felt like they wanted more. And we we're like, okay. So then obviously we need to be more consistent with the training. It can't just be quarterly. It can't just be annually. Although those things are good. Mm -hmm. um, it needs to be also on a regular basis. Yeah. And I personally am a, a, am a student of the sport. Uh, I'm a student of honestly 
you put a sport in front of me, I want to learn how it works in every detail. Um, if we're talking even going down to something like football, I want to know exactly what type of play they're running and why they're running it this way. And that's the same mentality I came into this sport with is how can I make, how can each part of the body implement how this one skill works and how can, um, talking to an athlete this way, make them succeed this much more. What's the mind doing in this? What's the body doing in this? And what's ultimately coming from that and the skill that they're doing. So my mindset of that training and the, the uh, people that I have been so blessed to be around my entire career have uh, now given me the opportunity to give that to my staff, but also be able to give that to the industry as a whole and watch our industry uh, just be another step of watching our industry take their own step and becoming that much stronger because uh, we came from uh, the, 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 the age of everything being we were still at the tail end, especially Jess and I, at the tail end of everybody doing something for the first time. Uh, we've never done this in competition before. We've never seen a double up. And, you know, we saw those things starting to happen. Yep. And so we know how hard it is to go through learning something without the proper progression because we didn't know what progression was. Right. <laughs> the progression wasn't created yet. Yep. Uh, the progression was throw it on the grass until you, <laughs> until you don't want to land on your knees anymore, and then you hopefully land it. <laughs> yep, I've I've been there. I, I came up in the same era, so I feel yep. it. <laughs> so how can we now equip gym owners who are already so stressed about every other aspect of their business with something that their coaches can take, get in the gym, be consistent with it's only 30 minutes a week. Yeah. And allow them to be able to train these athletes in a way that we know is going to be safe. It's going to be progressional and it's going to allow them to succeed on the map. So one of the biggest problems I'm sure everyone has, and we have as well is it's like, it's so impossible to get all of our staff in the same place at the same time consistently. Right. Yeah. Like if we want, we could do, we can do a, in the summer training, we can do a, a quarterly training. We can plan it far out in advance. And, and even then though, even then we still have, oh, I can't make it. I've got had this thing come up. And so people are missing. So having something consistent and that they can just log in and get the training every week is like, it's my, like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a game changer. It really well, and is. Not, and not only like newer, greener stuff, I feel like even me, like I, I'm watching him do some of the trainings and I'm like, oh, I forgot that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like being reminded of things because if we're not, if we're not consistently in it, then we forget. Um, so it's really, really important, not just for the, for the younger staff, but also for, for our veteran staff to be reminded of the things that they know. Um, it's just. Yeah. And. Uh, having that platform also, I mean, it, it's a live or a on-demand platform. Um, so you can be there at that time that I and ask questions and ask questions. And I actually do have my staff there. So when they ask us questions, it's an opportunity for me to maybe answer a question that someone might be a little hesitant about asking, um, awesome. which is, which is great and helps them just understand even more. And, uh, I really like to break it down to the point of where if it is a beginner coach, I should be saying, I should be explaining that all the way to the most advanced coach because of the fact that 
we have to know the progression blocks. And if we don't know the why or where it came from and the concept, then it's going to be so hard for these athletes to understand. And also what I've noticed, the coaches don't understand. Mm -hmm. These coaches have blank spots in their minds in these progressions just as much as our athletes do because the content is so much. There's so many pieces. There's so many little things that can go wrong and wrong in what we do uh, that there's a lot of content to be learned. So if we can just give and give those little nuggets, those little pieces that take with them, um, it'll really make a big difference. And uh, we've seen it in our staff. Our staff is becoming more confident. Um, I We competed last week and I did a basket progression last week of straight rides. And our one of our, our youth two team needed to get better at baskets. And literally I turned to my coach she, she, and I was like, hey, baskets need work. She's like, well, you just gave us that whole progression and I'm ready to go. I know exactly what's going to fix it. A week ago, a week, a week earlier, she would have been asking me what to do, you know, so. And those kids were, uh, we we were actually not building last year, our gym. So those Mm -hmm. kids had, and then they were prepped the year before. So those kids have never tossed before ever. Uh, So (laughs) they literally went from never tossing before to having to to do the tosses this year. So uh, yeah, just that training was super helpful. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's huge. And I, I'm with you, like oftentimes it's like, I can't be everywhere at once. And I've got a couple other staff members that are really, really experienced. And then I've got other great staff that are exactly like what you're describing. Like they have all sorts of holes in there and they, they're great and they're great coaches and they're great mentors, but they don't know all those things. And it's like, and they're always asking me, Hey, can you come to my practice? And I'm like, I can't, if I was coaching your team, I would coach your team. Um, (laughs) But even then, like, even for me, I've been coaching primarily in terms of like actually coaching a team level four and six, the last five years. Uh, And I help, I do choreography for our level twos and level ones and stuff, but for training progressions, I don't do that. And so even having access for me as someone who hasn't done it for a little bit is, I mean, I know you guys ascribe to the same mindset, but like, if you ever think you're done learning, oh geez, you should probably get out of the game because you think too highly 100%. of yourself. Because you you should never be done learning. hundred uh, percent. I think, and that's one of the biggest one of my whys uh, with Forte is being able being able to give that. Um, I know how much I'm constantly learning. I know how much I have to go out and seek information. I have to have communication with other coaches around the industry and hear that one little tidbit of, hey, listen, I tried this um, and it really worked. Okay, I'm going to go play with that and then see where that comes from. If I can help the process of learning and just to give this material, um, it's only, again, it's only going to take our industry to another level. The, the There is no hiding of hiding i should i'm not in the mindset of where i want to keep it because i want my gym to be good a lot of i feel like a lot of time we get stuck in that mindset Mm -hmm. of keeping this knowledge when it should be shared because at the end of the day there's right and wrong and i don't know uh if we're going to continuously try things that may be wrong we're not we're going to be stagnant we're going to plateau in the industry so if we want to see growth we want to see kids coming in our doors we want to see the sport go to another level an olympic level We've got to start taking steps and progressions that that work. Uh, if you watch some of these other other industries of sports, uh, football, basketball, baseball, uh, gymnastics, they're using similar training styles that work because they just work. So if I can 
give what just works and then everybody can take that step. And maybe there's something else that we add to it. That's why we're doing this, we're putting these videos up almost quarterly is because- That's why it's not a library. That's right. why it's, yes. Cause it's constantly evolving, constantly changing. And we want to constantly be getting better at teaching the, the things that the, that the staffs need to learn, you know? And as soon as we get, I want to give, uh, because it's the right step for the industry, you know? Yeah. One of our favorite, uh, books is the infinite game, mm -hmm. uh, by Simon Sinek. And it, it, he, in that book, he speaks about like looking way further than most of us really look. Most of us look, um, right now, maybe next year, maybe even five years, but we need to look like a hundred years down the road. Um, what is my great, great, great granddaughter going to be doing when she's in an all-star cheer? Mm -hmm. uh, I want, first of all, I want all-star cheer to be around. Yeah. Second of all, uh, I want it to be safe. I want it to be empowering to young females uh, and young males. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I want to see uh, it be respected um, in, in the world, not just um, kind of like pushed aside as this thing that's kind of a sport. Yeah, and, <laughs> and going off of that, I think we're talking about skills school, but uh, you'll hear me a lot in a lot of the videos talk about how you should be speaking to your athlete and why you should be, like last night I did a flexibility one, why we're not standing on top of our athlete, pushing them down into the ground and turning conditioning and flexibility into a punishment. What you questions know, to ask them? What questions to ask them, what levels and where are they feeling? Um, so not even just perpetuating the industry in the direction of skills, but how to also be a great coach and a good human being to create better human beings, um, yeah. I think is a huge step. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And it's exciting to see people who have that mindset. Um, you know, I share, I, I, I agree with you, uh, cause I have always been of the mindset of, I want to see every gym have 300 all-stars in it, you know? Like yeah. I want all stars to be out out the wazoo because that's better for the sport as a whole. Like every everyone thrives when we have more athletes participating in the sport, um, and there's uh, sometimes so much infighting of like I need all the kids, I need all the kids. I want yes. oh yes that gym closed, yes winning. Well that's that's less kids getting put into the funnel of this sport that we love. Yep. Um, another thing I really think is cool and and I just want to touch on is the the concept of the weekly training is so huge because it's it's consistency right like all the studies show cramming doesn't help so when we do those summer trainings while they're good and they, they set you out on the right that right step yeah. it's it's cramming and they're gonna forget a lot of it as opposed mm -hmm. to if we can do consistent regular training where we're reinforcing some of the lessons we previously learned as well as learning new things, we're going to see much better retention and improvement and implementation of yeah. whatever skill set that is. And that, I mean, that's what we do with our cheerleaders. Imagine if we were like, come on in and you're going to train for a week in the summer and then once every quarter and we're going to go win everything. It'd be impossible. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, something that just doesn't work. I mean, even personally, uh, I try to go into each week with one uh, lesson or, uh, or one thing technically that I want to start my week with that's going to be the focus for the whole week. Um, all right, guys, this is going to be a, a better jump week. So we're really just going to focus on this one drill and we're really going to nail it home. 
or hey guys, we just got to get better with our twisting. So we need to do this drill and we're going to do it for the week. Or hey guys, uh, I have this concept of, you know, what's going to, uh, how do we treat each other better? So I want you guys to go through this week and we're just going to focus on how we can say one thing that's going to lift up another teammate, you know? It's the same mindset. It's we can't we can only take in so much. And I know when I do those early staff trainings in the year, that's so content heavy that I'm only going to probably they're probably going to retain under 50 percent of it. It's in writing so they can go back to it. And that's the important part. Um, and they can go back and say, oh, I remember Adam saying that. But the weekly allows them to that not only get that half hour of knowledge, but immediately go and implement it and try it. And when it's it's. One thing to listen and learn, it's a whole nother thing to go and do it and teach it. Right. When you can take it and teach it and have that video to re go back to at the end of the night, say, okay, we tried it today. Go back, watch the video again. Ah, I see. I need to explain that a little bit more. Okay. Now we got that. That's now I got it. And I probably never need to see the video again because you retain just like the kids, you retain so much more when you start implementing it physically. We also include a, uh, if like five to six question quiz with each video. So if they didn't absorb something that's asked in the questions, then they could go back in the video and listen, and then they could re make sure that they do absorb it because we make sure that we ask questions that are super important for them to be able to be implementing. Yeah, she, as I record, she usually, or she records last night, she did put a piece of it. Uh, we will write down each other's questions and uh, questions that off of what we were saying so we can make sure it's really uh, based around the training that we're doing. I uh, love it. That's so cool. So cool and so needed. I mean, there's literally nothing else that that fills that gap. There are other great tools in the industry for getting information. You know, there's there's Cheerforge, which we partner with, and they have a lot of great content on there for, um, you know, actual like how to perform this like grip or this exact stunt and how you can piece things together, but not necessarily the as much the breakdown of progressions. And like you said, it's, it's always changing. It's always evolving. Uh, and that's one of the exciting things about still being in this sport. You know, yes, we all, we came up in the era when literally all of it was being done for the first time, but every year there's, there's something new. There's some, somewhere that someone pushes the boundary of skills that are performed or, or tempo or things placed together, you know, Four years ago, it was all, you know, standard inversion up to the top. And now everyone's yep. doing hand in hands and hand skis yep. and like all this crazy yep. handstand stuff, yep. you know. Even down to like most people were always doing things from a sponge or from the ground. And now mo a lot of elements, I would say 50% of elements are being done from prep level. So that's a that's a huge change in, yeah. in the industry. I remember I made that change. I made a change with doing that because I just noticed that my athlete standing out a sponge and it was like another step. And it was like, this is years ago. I think it was like 2015. And part of it was you saw double ups happen one year. Then a year later, everybody was doing the double up from the ground standing up. And it was like, well, what if we just were scorings? We're looking at scoring and scoring is only going to give you credit for this element is what it's basically saying. So let's take yeah. it to prep. You're standing up. Let's keep it here. Elbows under wrist. Easy. Okay, cool. Um, it's a lot more easy. It's a lot more powerful. So you see those transitions, like you're saying, then we saw double ups from splits and we saw, we saw all kinds of just variations and ways to roll into a plank inversion and ways yep. to spin into a plank inversion. <laughs> so, but it's cool because it's all happening right now. Like the sport is being created right in front of our eyes and how cool is it that we're able to be a part of that? Yeah. 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 And 
uh, spring a uh, spring a an idea in some other coach's mind that might do something even bigger, you know, which is great. Yeah. Um. So Jess, I, I. Th- would like to learn a little bit more about what you do with choreography. So for those listening, I should have said this early. She's not a smoker. Uh, her voice just <laughs> always sounds like this. She's not sick. She doesn't have COVID. <laughs> from the day I met her, her voice sounded like this. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's from all the years of coaching and cheering, I'm sure. Um, coaching, cheering, choreography. Yep. Yeah. But so you travel, you do choreography. Um, so what are what are some things you see as a choreographer either when you visit gyms or just about teams and preparation that you think are would be valuable for people to know like good or bad either (laughs) (laughs) uh first of all i see a lot of a lot of passion and love around around the kids and around the sport uh which always invigorates me uh, I love working, especially with like mini youth teams, uh, the, the coaches that get placed with those teams generally, they, they are just, they just love the kids. And for that to still be a element of the sport, uh, is really, really heartwarming. Um, so that's really good. Um, I think that one of the biggest things is that with choreography is that a lot of, a lot of, uh, gym owners and coaches are trying to push the bar a little bit too much more than they need to um, on the level of difficulty. And I'm always trying to push them in a direction of, okay, well, we don't need everybody to do that. Um, we, if they don't look great, um, then maybe we should just do, do them, do the majority or do the most uh, as far as that goes, or even with sense. Um, we don't need to do seven elite elements. We can do two or three and we'll still hit the score sheet. And then we can focus on those on those, um, on the other side, on the right side of the score sheet. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of getting, getting coaches on board with that. Um, that's sometimes challenging. Uh, have you competed on the new score sheet this year? We yep. have. Yes. Ha- we had, a, we had a conversation with some of our staff, uh, yesterday, yesterday. Um, and what we did was we went through the score sheets and we subtracted out how many points they lost. Yeah. In, the same thing. in in difficulty and how many they lost in technique and of course most of the staff went into their practices this week and they were like difficulty how can we up the difficulty how do i get that point one and standing tumbling and i'm like guys (laughs) and and we preach it all the time so they they should be on board but um i think they just get so excited so um yeah so i think that that's that's one of the major problems in the industry is like is just focusing on on that piece rather than focusing on cleaning up what we they're leaving so many points off of execution and also uh the number one thing i like to explain with that is if they're not executing these skills they're not progressing these skills for the next season right and one of the biggest things for these parents that are looking for you can go and play so many other sports and a parent can see the progression to the next season easily Mm -hmm. Uh, they can see what they're doing in a way that oh well they're doing these drills these drills are great because they're teaching um, they're teaching how to dribble better. Now, in cheerleading, if it's a, the, the thing that parents are looking for is what skill are they coming out with? Well, we know that it takes many drills to create those skills and it takes strength and conditioning. So if they're doing any part of the sport incorrectly or repping it incorrectly, it's just going to take that, mu- that much more time 
to do drills and skills in the off season to get them to go to the next level. So if we can just correctly teach them how to do the basic lower level skill, level two, teaching how to do a proper prep with elbows under wrist and making sure those elbows aren't apart. Okay, I've seen so many double ups drop because of this. Well, if we can do it right at level two, mm -hmm. we're progressing them for many years. So if, by going for the execution side of the score sheet, we're only progressing our program. So um, I think that's a, a mindset of the coaches is, it's so easy to look at difficulty because also trying the difficult stuff is more fun, right? 100%. 100%. <laughs> the, other, the other thing I see with uh, a lot with some gyms that I go to is a lot of times they'll want to stick with a very industry standard um, uh, design of the routine. Mm -hmm. And I'm one to like, I like to mix it up. I'm like, why don't we do pyramid first or like something like that? Uh, because there's nothing against it. There's nothing bad about it, right? Uh, and everybody's like always very comfortable with the with the industry standard and i'm always trying to like push them a little bit and then if it's if it's a heck no then i don't push anymore but if it's like uh maybe then i like i i try to like yep. get it to go that way so and it could be good in that one area yeah so exactly that's i see that all the time like people don't strategize their routine they're like oh well this is this is the standard we got to go in this order well no i if i know my team the weakest thing they do is standing tumbling then i want to do that when they're fresh my world team my world <laughs> team opens with their running tumbling because that is my best for doubles. That's my best opportunity for my doubles to land is yep. right at the beginning when they don't have to worry about anything else. Yep. Um, um, I think that, so my, my theory is kind of like the sandwich. Like I want to start with something that they're great at and end with something that they're great at. And then like the stuff that they're not great at, I kind of put in the middle. Um, so like what you're seeing is like, say you're, you want to make sure those doubles in. I'll start with something that's like the first two eight counts is going to be something they're stellar at. Then maybe eight counts three, four, and five would be your doubles and you're running tumbling. And then we would go from there. But we want to make sure we end with something that's absolutely amazing and stellar. But a lot of times the the, the gym owners and coaches, they, they say we want to end with dance because the kids really want to dance at the end. And But then if we do their dance and it's they're not great dancers. And then we're really losing um, – a big effect at the end where we could end with a really great pyramid because they're amazing stunters, um, but they're lacking that um, ability to to shift and pivot and, mm -hmm. and make it different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I've taken up almost an hour of your time and this is generally when listeners start to, to move on. Uh, <laughs> I think you can be assured that I will try and get Adam and Jess back on because they have so much knowledge and so much experience as business owners that I would love to dive more into like how you guys market and, rec you know, build your program, um, how you guys have launched some of the new programs and focused on things that you've done in your gym too. Um, I think there's just, there's so many different things we could go and talk about for hours and hours that I think people would really enjoy, but it's also Friday and <laughs> we all have things to do on Friday. Um, so thank you guys so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. Is there any parting thoughts, anything uh, you, you want to expand on? Um, I think uh, the biggest thing that I, we are at a point right now where our industry, uh, with one, the pandemic, a lot of things that have happened in our industry um, is changing. 
And we have an obligation, uh, one to our athletes and one to where this industry is going to go. And if there's any time for us to come together for the, the growth of the industry and to develop a professionality for our industry, it is now. Uh, we have to become stronger businesses. We have to become better coaches and we have to become better people for these kids. And if we can just get out there and be leaders in that way and take these athletes uh, and teach them something where they come back years down the road, they're graduated from college and they start having their little ones and they're like, this is the person that made an impact in my life. And this is why I, I act this way every day. And this is where, uh, I, this is how I want my child back. We're leaving a legacy. We're changing society. And that's the power we have. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget about that power a lot. So um, now's the time. To, we need to empower each other. Yes. And I think that there's so many people in our sport and in our industry that feel almost alone or feel like uh, they're up against so much every yes. single day. And I think that we just need to shift that, um, that general consciousness to – because it's not right. Um, yesterday there was a post on ASGA, uh, and somebody posted about wanting a mentor. Uh, she was a Christian gym owner and she wanted a mentor and there was like 60, 70 posts underneath it and like offering their, offering their help and offering a, a hand. And that's, that's what I see in the industry. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty that I see. Um, but the problem is that the negativity is sometimes being highlighted and then that's what we're getting we're waking up every day and we're thinking that everybody's out to get us when it, that's not the truth. Right. Everybody wants to help each other. And I think the more that we can perpetuate that, um, the, the better place it will be in the industry. Yeah, for sure. And that's, uh, that's truly really what we want to do with, uh, with Forte. Uh, like I said, uh, Jessica, uh, her mother started and her mother was an impact, a huge, uh, someone that made a big impact in our lives in my life. And, uh, watching this mom, step in and take over and start a business with her daughter because she just loves cheerleading uh, and because she just wanted something for these kids. I, in my first year of really doing traveling with Forte, I don't know how many times I've seen that same, uh, that same person. I've seen her mother, Cheryl, in so many different gyms. If I've seen that in one year, there's so many more people like that. And how can we continue to give them the tools because I know for a fact those people are going to be the ones that those kids need. Uh, there, is, there is so much out there where these kids are dealing with. And if we have people that they have a shoulder to lean on, um, and a lot of times you hear us say, well, it's just cheerleading. Yes, it, that's, that is very true. But it is what we're giving them through cheerleading, using cheerleading as the vehicle. That is going to be the thing that's going to be life-changing and being able to put more of those moms in the, the driver's seats to feel empowered at these gyms to help their kids go to a whole nother level. Yeah, I use that term. I use that. It's just cheer all the time, but it's more of yeah. like when a kid's a, like, oh, yeah, my my knee really, really, really hurts, but we compete this weekend, so I'm going to throw it. And I'm like, it's just cheerleading. Like, it's, yeah, right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you're not going to make billions of dollars doing this sport forever. So, like, let's take care yeah. of your body. Um, yes. That's the it's just cheerleading, which. It, you know, it's it's the competitive side. That's just cheerleading. What it gets yes. done in the gyms. That's that's life. That is good stuff. So um, if people are as inspired by you guys as I know I am, how do they find you? How do they reach out if they want to take advantage of your staff training or your other services? Uh, where are you guys at? 
so a lot of our content is uh, actually on our internal Facebook group. We post free content on there. We do drills and all that kind of stuff. And then you'll get all the events and all that. So just look for Forte Spirit Solutions on Facebook. Um, and then we do have a website that has a ton of stuff on it as well. Um, and then that's where you can sign up for the skills school. And you'll also be able to sign up for um, some of our like additional trainings. We did one in August um, that was levels one through four tumbling and stunting. Um, and it was an eight hour course. It was great. And we all had a quiz with that and all, uh, that's still available for purchase. It's not on our website yet, but it will be. And then we are doing two live trainings in December, um, uh, December 26th and January 8th, I think, mm-hmm. um, for level five, six tumbling and stunting and A to Z tosses. Uh, and I'm really excited about those. Those can either be purchased live or they can be purchased afterwards um, for the video and the quiz and all that jazz. All at ForteSpiritSolutions.com. Yes. And that's there. Um, I also uh, do music. So if you're looking for music products, um, I do that during the day before I get to the gym. And at night, I do my trainings with Forte. And then in the summer, Forte all summer long. So uh, it's uh, we live a great life doing all these things, and that's the best place you can find us, Forte Spirit Solutions on Facebook, Instagram, and then ForteSpiritSolutions.com. And our program, IntensityAthleticsNY.com, is where else you can find us. So, um, if you Thank have- you, Dan, for having us on. I, it was so much fun. I really Absolutely. enjoyed talking about it. Thank you guys for being here, and thank you for everyone who listened to the end. Again, uh, Adam and Jess Forte can't say enough great things about you guys. Uh, And with that, we will see you all next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Next Generation, Connecting People and Profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business. 